So welcome again to our Wednesday night Equip and Disciple Services. So um, again, we have um, the parenting class that's happening in the uh, fellowship hall. And then we, we got the getting back to our Jewish roots that's happening in our um, courtyard with Susie Chun and Lance and Debbie Takai is taking care of the parenting class. And then we have our foundations class, which will be taught by Chad Kaneko. Um, in our uh, prayer room tonight. So um, you guys are dismissed to whatever um, area you guys are taking up your studies from. So you may go and don't forget your children when you're done. And then um, in your bulletins tonight, you, you have this invitation card. Don't forget to invite your family and friends. Um, this is geared toward Easter for our harvest. Uh, time so use those cards as a tool to invite people to Jesus Christ. Well, we've been talking to you about being a part of God's kingdom and, and how we get to advance the kingdom of God. So tonight um, we'll be sharing a little bit about stewardship. And Pastor Sheldon has been, uh, been talking to us from the four circles of New Hope. And these four circles are the very core of uh, what New Hope is all about. So we got the four circles. And how many of you have memorized these four circles? The four circles of services, small groups, serving, and stewardship. Now, services, and this is what we do here on Sundays and Wednesdays when we hold services. Our Sunday services are geared towards reaching the new believers and partnering with you to reach your family and your friends and so that they would have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ and get to know Jesus Christ. And everything we do here at New Hope on a Sunday, uh, we try to connect with, 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 with a soul, uh, with a person. And that's why we serve breakfast. And um, it's, it's a good breakfast. Uh, we serve dinners. We, we have child care in our ministries, our children ministry. We offer that. And then we, we also have the well, which they can get a nice, cool drink. So everything we do, we try to make it as comfortable as possible so that the people can come in and they could sit down, relax, and enjoy the service. And kind of hear the word of God for themselves. On Wednesday nights, we have our equipment disciple services, and that's equipping you to partner with us to reach the world, to reach outside. So we try to equip you to do the work of the ministry. And now there's, uh, uh, the Bible tells us that we are in the ministry of reconciliation, uh, which means that we get to reconcile people to God. And every one of you have a special talent that we can tap into to be used for ministry to reaching and advancing the kingdom of God. And then we got small groups. And small groups are for uh, connecting with people when they have questions because, you know, we can't ask questions um, during church services. You actually can raise your hand, but I don't know if you, you know, we can do that. But you could actually ask questions at these small groups. They learn, they go through the Bible, they go through the topics, and they review um, the services. So that happens in private homes. It happens in places of meetings where they get together as family and as friends uh, to build relationships and advance the growth uh, for the individuals in the Lord. And then we have serving. And this is where 
we use the gifts that we equip you on Wednesday nights for the ministry. And we get to find our niche. We get to find a place or a ministry where we, we, we love to serve, where it's a part of our heart to serve God. And, and there's a lot of ministries in this church that reaches out beyond these walls. We got Under His Wings, uh, which is our street ministry, Bread of Life, the men's ministry, the women's ministry. We got the youth ministry. We got Celebrate Recovery. We got prison ministry. We also got the van ministry, which drives the people to bring them to church. We got the front lines ministry, which meets people at the doors. We also got the media ministry, which we reach out by video and all kinds of stuff. So we got a lot of ministries here that reach out beyond the walls of this church for, to reach people for Jesus Christ. And we do it through serving. And then we got stewardship. And this is the area that I want to talk to you guys about. And how we get to advance the kingdom of God to stewardship. We're going to learn a couple of principles to advance the kingdom by stewarding what God has placed in our possessions. So when we hear that word stewardship, for many of us that, that we associate that word stewardship with what we've learned or what we've heard through um, finances or the budgeting of a church or a business but stewardship is more than this, just doing that. It's about taking care and managing the resources that's placed in your position. It's not just about finances. And the first thing that I want you guys to do, the first thing that we, we can advance the kingdom to stewardship is, number one, we take ownership. Taking your notes there, that's your first point for tonight. We take ownership of what God has given us. Now, you may, you may have heard this said before, that nothing we have belongs to us. It's on loan and given to us by God. Everything we have in our possession, everything belongs to God. Psalms 24.1 says it this way. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. So as Christians, and God being our Lord and our Master, we are entrusted with the positions He gave us. We're called to steward and to manage what He's given to us. So what are you saying, Pastor? That the job that I have, that's not my job. Oh, no, no, it is your job. But God gave that to you. Oh, what about my finances? The money that I have in my bank, it's your finances. But God gave that to you. What about my family and my children? Yep, that too. It's yours on loan because God gave that to you too. Everything on this earth belongs to God. And he's entrusted you to take care of it. In the old days, there were um, servants in, the, in a master's house. And then there were chief servants. And these chief servants were the ones that would would kind of teach the other servants on how to um, take care, how to steward the positions of the master's home. And it wasn't just taking care of the master's home or, or his finances or his family. It's actually taking care of a lot of things, everything that the, the, the master had, all of his affairs. Joseph of the Old Testament was one of the greatest examples in the Bible of stewardship of Pharaoh's affairs. And Joseph took his position very seriously. He actually took ownership of the master's home, ownership of his position. 
that, that Pharaoh placed him and placed over him. Joseph was a great example. And so it is with us, with the possessions of God that he gave to us to steward. We have to take stewardship very seriously. Actually taking ownership as Christians. Why? Because we are heirs. We're heirs to the kingdom. And we have to take care of kingdom stuff. You know, I remember when I was young and maybe about 12 years old and we were cleaning yard with, with my grandparents and um, my, my older cousins and my grandfather would be the one that would mow the lawn. Well, one day he was mowing the lawn on a rider and um, um, he stopped because I think he had something to do. And for, uh, he, he asked me if I would take care because there was just a little bit more, a little patch more um, to mow. And I was stoked about that because he entrusted me to drive the, the, the riding lawnmower. And that was a you know, big time when you're 12 years old. You know, that's something big. And so I jumped on it. He gave me the instructions how to drive it and then make sure that you go you know, straight, make sure the roads are straight so the yard is more neat and, and watch out for the rocks. So and I started off. I did well. You know, my roads were straight. I hit a little bit rocks, but that was good. But then after a while, it became a little boring for me. You know, it was going a little too slow. You know, and when I was young, you know, I played with Hot Wheels. And they give you a small little hump. But I would put my Hot Wheels track on the wall, tape onto the wall so that it would be all about speed, right? So I wanted speed. So I stopped a little more, put the throttle a little higher, and then I popped the clutch. So, yeah. I wanted to see if that thing could burn rubber. So, so it actually did. It actually smoked and scratched on the a, on a, on a, on a lawn. So, and I was having fun. But all of a sudden, the, the, the moor was going a little faster, and I, my roads started to get crooked. And, you know, rocks started flying farther. And my grandfather was there, and he came on, and he stopped me. And he said, boy. And I remember I was watching him coming over, and I knew he was going to scold me, right? So I stopped the moor, came over. and said, boy, what's the matter with you? You know, I remember this. He said, you got to be doing that. You got to take care of this more. You know, take care of going broke. <laughs> you know? And then he said, you, you got to go slow. Take your time. Okay, then he, he allowed me to finish the patch. And that's what it is when we take stewardship over God's things. We got to take care. We got to take care of what God has entrusted us with. Or else it's going to break. And we, he, he wants us to finish the task well as Christians. And one of the greatest possessions that God has and, 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 uh, in his eyes is you. All of you. He's given us our lives and he's given us our health. And he wants us to store that well. And if you don't take care of your health, then you will break one day. And that's a, a, an area in my life that God's talking to me about. He's training, teaching me about my, my health, you know. So I got to take ownership of, of my health. And um, I know that he cares for me. And that's why he wants me to take care and take ownership of my health. But God looks at our health because it's very important to him, and he wants us to finish our life well. You're the only one that can steward your own health. God will help you, but it's up to you to steward it. And if we don't, then we'll die early, and we won't be able to finish the very purpose and the very calling that God placed on your life. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 reads this way. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, you whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So our bodies, we need to steward that. Our bodies belong to God, and we have to take care of it to serve God well and to finish well. Another thing that God gave us is our families. And it doesn't matter if you, you got children or not. Everyone in this sanctuary is a part of a family. And you may not have children, but I'm sure that you got nephews and, and, and nieces. Whatever the case is, we are commanded to steward our families well. And we need to train up our children in the ways of God so that it won't be lost in the next generation. We take ownership of the welfare of your children even the children of our community, because they're important to God too. And he has a purpose for each and every one of them. Proverbs 22, 6 reads this way. Train up a child in a way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So what God is saying is that when we train up a child that in his ways, his ways will always be with them. That's what we need to do because he has a purpose for them. But it also stays in Ephesians speaking to, to the dads. But I believe that we are all responsible for the well-being of our children. As parents, it starts with us. Whether they're our own kids or they're not. Ephesians 6 says this, And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admon admonition of the Lord. Imagine God asking you and I to babysit for him. And he places his children, our children, that we have now in your hands. Imagine that. And he instructs us and says, here's what I want you guys to teach them. It's my word. It's the Bible. And I'll be back one day and, and I'll pick them up. Would you take ownership of these children and be sure to train them up the way, the way God asked you to train them. Yeah, we would, right? All of us would. That's what God wants us to do with our children because they matter to him. And he has a purpose for them. And we get to steward them in, way, in the ways of the Lord so that there'd be a reflection in their, when they grow up of what the Lord looks like in their lives. God wants us to steward the children of today because he has a purpose for them tomorrow. Another position that God has given to us is our homes. And we get to take care and steward and take ownership of our homes. Well, what does that look like? Well, it's keeping it clean and it's keeping it tidy and keeping it keeping up with, with all the maintenance that goes on with your home. God wants us to steward our homes and teach us how to steward our homes for a purpose. How many of you would love to have company over when your house is filthy? Yeah, nobody. None of us, right? As soon as people come in, we're running, throwing the clothes underneath the bed, sweeping the rubbish under the rug, and putting everything away last minute. God wants us to keep the house tidy because he has a purpose. He wants to teach us that. Why do we have to take ownership of steward, uh, and steward God's property as well? Because God has a plan, and God has a purpose. And it's our responsibility, believe it or not, as Christians, to be good stewards of God's goods. Number two, we take responsibility and accountability. 
for God's possessions. We take responsibility and accountability. Again, everything belongs to God. And he has graciously entrusted you and I to manage it according to his desire, according to his purpose. We are responsible for the care, and not only the care, but we are responsible to develop what he has entrusted us with his properties. He's trusted us to develop and increase his assets. And one day, you and I will be called, will be called on taking care of his property, taking care of his children, taking care of his home. We'll be called and we'll be accountable for our actions. Let's look at a parable that Jesus spoke. And it's a parable of the talents. And it's found in Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. And it reads this way, and I'm reading out of the New King James. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to the other two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground, and he hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look. There you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Stewardship is leadership. And contrary to our understanding, the opposite of leadership isn't a follower. It is a passive spectator waiting on the sidelines for someone else to take the responsibility, to take the initiative, to step forward and finish what he has been entrusted to do. 
A good steward takes the responsibility. They take the time to understand the master's purpose and plan and his desire, and they don't step back and wait for someone else to go first. They step up, and they get ready to do the task. That's good stewardship. The two servants with the five and the two talents understood the master's plan, and they stepped up for the task. They understood the master's desire to increase his assets. They were obedient students and went out and took the responsibility to increase what the master had entrusted them to do, while the steward with the one talent stood aside and hid his talent, never fulfilling the plans of his master. God has called you and I to be good stewards of his goods, his talents. He's asking us to be the overseer of his household, the head servants. As the head servants of old, their responsibilities were great. It wasn't just taking care of his financial affairs or the family. They had to take care of everything in his household. They took care of the, the servants. They took care of the slaves. They took care of the skilled workers. They took care of the servants' families and their children. It even extended outward to the master's uh, businesses, affairs outside with the community. They took care of every affair that the master was involved with. That was the family of old. That was the servants of old when they served their king, when they served the master of the home. And we are asked to do the same. And you may be asking, what does that have to do with us today as a church and as a Christian? What does that have to do with me? Well, God is calling us to take stewardship, to take ownership, and to be responsible for his affairs here on earth as his church. We are his household. He's given us the talents, and he's asking us to invest it to advance his kingdom. And that's what we're talking about. How do we advance his kingdom? We need to take ownership over our health so that we have longevity to fulfill the call that's placed on our lives. Again, for me, it's watching my diet. It's, it's watching what I eat, what I consume, and how much I consume. Exercise would be a good thing for me to stay physically fit. These are good for my physical health. But God is also asking us to be spiritually healthy. As stewards, God has, has standards. As his stewards, as Christians, he has standards for us to follow and how to be spiritually fit. Titus 1, 7 to 10 reads it this way. Since, as, since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what, God, what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. And that's the head of the household. That's the chief servant. And we get to be that chief servant. God is asking us to teach people, to watch over people. And he's given us the church. We live up to these standards by attending services and hearing the word of God. We exercise spiritual growth by doing our devotions and getting into his word. This keeps us spiritually healthy. When we're in his word, people will see the evidence that you've spent time with the master, that you've spent time with Jesus Christ, and they'll see him in you. 
when we're spiritually fit, our lifestyle. It is your lifestyle that would draw people to Jesus because you reflect what the master looks like. People will see that in you. And we get to advance the kingdom by managing our physical and spiritual health. We can't advance the kingdom unless we're spiritually connected with Jesus. John 15, 4 reads it this way, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless, unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. And that's Jesus speaking. Why is it important for us as Christians to be healthy? Because he's calling us as stewards to oversee the health of his church. To oversee the spiritual health of his people. We're responsible to feed and to help people grow spiritually. If we're not healthy physically and spiritually, how will we be able to steward others? This is where he's asking us to take care of our family, to take care of our children, to train up his children, his people, in his ways. So when the trials of life hits them, they'll know how to respond. They'll know not to fall back into the ways of the world. Here at New Hope, we, we take training the, the next generation very seriously because they will be the future of the church. We take training our children, our youth, very seriously. If we don't, then the church will die. Pastor Ben Ovenozo, our young youth pastor, um, and along with his staff is doing a fantastic, fantastic job training of our children um, in the youth. And they're on camp right now. And for me, I know that whatever they're doing, that the main focus of the camp is to ignite the fire. And that's uh, the theme of, of the camp, Ignite. It's to ignite the fire. It's to teach them the ways of God. That's their main focus of the camp because they're training up a child in a way that they should go. And these kids is far beyond the, the, the walls of this church, far beyond our homes, because some of these kids may not even know Jesus. And I just returned from Maui, <clears throat> and they held their second camp for the kids of the incarcerated. And um, there were over 100 kids there. And through this outreach, the majority of the 100 kids received Jesus Christ this past weekend. 100 kids. And we're having our third camp here on the Big Island in May. And although we love them through, through fun events, we have canoeing, surfing, you know, uh, rock climbing, horseback riding, uh, all these uh, events, these events are geared for one purpose, to get them to know Jesus Christ. Rock climbing, when they climb the rock, we encourage them that in them sometimes they don't have, they, they, they're fearful. We encourage them, encourage that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. And when they reach the top, boy, they come down and say, I can go again. Yeah, because they just, they just found out that they can do anything. When they ride the horses, these kids are terrified on these big horses. They're like holding on to the pommel. And when they go around on the track and they come back, they're like, can I go again? We teach them how to trust, how to trust the, kid, the, the horse, 
how to trust Jesus Christ. Everything that we do at the camp is geared so that they would get to know Jesus Christ. We want to help them to find who they are. We want to help them to find their true identity and to be kids again. We want to help them to find the very purpose that God is raising them up to be. Folks, we are responsible for the spiritual growth of the next generation. When Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, he commanded the people to obey and to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to teach the commandments of the Lord to their children because they didn't experience. They were a new generation. They did not experience the exodus. They didn't see what went on. And Moses was teaching the Ten Commandments, and he says this to the people in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen, And he's talking about the law. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You know what he's saying? He's saying that you take the responsibility. We are responsible for the generation, the next generation. Teach them the ways of the Lord. We are called to steward the spiritual growth of the children for the next generation. We're also called to steward the church, the house of God. And here at New Hope, we, we want to keep God's house comfortable and presentable so that when people come for the very first visit, it'll be a welcoming experience and easy for them to, to receive the message. We are stewards of God's house, the building where God has called us to worship him. Our Spruce Up Month is happening right now during the month of March. And we're preparing for what God is about to do for Easter. And Easter is a time of harvest for every church. And Pastor Sheldon talked to, all, to us last week about harvest time. And we want to be good stewards and spruce up God's house for the Easter harvest. We want to do the hard work behind cleaning all the house so that when they come, they don't have to do nothing but relax and receive the message. That's good stewardship. If you want to get involved with Spruce Up, just call the church office and ask for Sheldon Ishi and he'll hook you up to where you can be a part of cleaning or helping us spruce up the, the church for Easter. As the body of Christ, we are responsible to manage and steward the affairs of our master. And here's why. One day, God is going to call us home to be with him. And he's going to ask us a question. And he's going to ask us this. What did you do with the talents I gave you? Did you invest it to, uh, to advance my kingdom? Or did you hide it and stepped aside from fulfilling my will and my purpose with it? I pray as a church and as individuals who honor God, that we hear the words that was uttered to the other servants. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You know, when we, I, I read that, and I, I was just thinking about these servants, hearing these words, well done, thy good and faithful servants. It dawned on me that when we are faithful servants, when we are good stewards of God's possessions, you will be blessed. Well done. Enter into the rest of your life. We are blessed. And that's your last principle for tonight. Stewardship brings blessings. 
Stewardship brings blessings. Whenever we're obedient, whenever you are obedient to the Lord, you will see blessings. And a lot of times during the time that we're serving, we don't see it. The Bible says, you know, some planted, some watered, but God gave the increase. And a lot of times we be, you may be the one planting and you don't see the fruit. But there will be fruit one day. We get to store it now. We get to water now. We get to nurture our kids now. You may not be the ones that would see the, the, the fruit. But one day, it's going to happen. Whenever we are obedient to what God has asked us to do, there will be blessings. And stewardship is an area of a purpose that God has. And I'm not talking about earthly blessings. And I'm talking about monetary blessings, although it can and it did happen. I'm talking about eternal blessings. When you see people getting healed with their health issues, and they go out, and they give their testimony to others who are suffering with the same illness, praying for them, that they too may be healed, that they too may receive what God has given them. That's eternal rewards. That's a blessing that comes. I'm talking about children who's been tainted by the issues of life and devastated when their parents or parent was taken away from them to prison. When they go to a camp and outreach and find trust again and find forgiveness in their heart and they're loved by, by volunteers surrounding them for the entire camp. And then years later, being reconciled to their parents, able to forgive, able to trust, able to love again. That's eternal rewards. That's blessings. I'm talking about sharing the word of God with these children, training them up in the ways of God, and watching these kids grow up to become pastors and teachers of the word. That's eternal blessings. I'm talking about broken homes and and marriages and relationships being restored because we were stewards of the, of the church, teaching them spiritual growth in the Word of God. And marriages are restored. Uh, relationships are restored. That's eternal blessings. I'm talking about people who come for the first time to a church like this, and they get to sit in the fellowship hall, and they get to conversate over a, a, love, a, a good breakfast or a good dinner. And people get to talk story about Jesus Christ. And then they come into a place like this, comfortable, presentable, and they sit down and they hear a message that touches their heart. And for the first time, they raise their hand, receiving the love of Jesus Christ in their heart. That's eternal rewards. That's being good stewardship. I'd say let's start to be good stewards of what God has entrusted us to be. First Thessalonians Thessalonians 2, 4 states it this way. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. I'd say let's be good stewards by advancing his kingdom. Let's take care of our health. Let's take care of our bodies.
Let's teach our children the Word of God. Let's show them to our lifestyle so that they can see that, that we are the perfect examples. You know, values and morals are caught. They're hardly taught. You are the examples that people will see, not only for children, but for the community that's out there. That when they see you and the love that you have for people and the love that you have for the Lord, that draws people to God. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works, that they may be drawn unto the Father. I'd say, let's be good stewards. Let's steward our bodies. Let's steward our families. Let's steward the house of God. And let's prepare it for the harvest. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you that you've called us friends and you've called us stewards. And Father, give us the strength. Give us the the knowledge and the wisdom, Father, to use our talents in, in such a way, Lord God, that we can be good stewards. Father, we, we want to learn not to step back and wait for things to happen or for someone to lead. Father, we want to become that steward that steps up and say, I got this. And I'll invest my talents into what my master is asking me to do. I want to be good stewards. I want to steward my life better. I want to find good health, physically and spiritually, Lord God, so that people can, can glean from me that they too would start to eat right and, and read the, the, the Word of God to grow spiritually. Lord, I want to be the example for my children. Let it start with me. Let me train up my children. But first, help me to train myself so that I, I don't have to really teach them what I've found, that they can catch what I live. Would you do that for me, Lord God? And then, Lord, help me to be a servant of your home, the servant of our house of worship right here, that we can keep this place prepared, Lord God, welcoming, loving, presentable, so that when people come for the very first time, it's not just about the building, Father. It is about the people, that they can come to the building and see how wonderful it is, but they'll see the hearts behind the building, the stewardship, and the heart that did it. That comes from you, Lord God. That comes to the, the greatest steward, the greatest servant of all, your son. He stewarded your commands, your word, and he lived it well. And he's the greatest example for us to follow, Lord God. So, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Continue to work in us. Build us, Lord God, as good stewards. So that one day when we get to meet you, we'll hear those great words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said, amen. amen. amen.